Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. This is called Reviving the Fire of God. I chose that title uh, because everybody's talking about the revival that's going on in Kentucky and and it's spreading into different uh, cities and the youth is catching hold of it. And so I thought about that and I thought, you know what, that's that's really a good thing that everybody's calling that a revival. And, and it is a revival because the people that are there, most of them were already Christians. And... Uh, Sometimes I think it's like, man, the kids are waking up. But we need, the older people need to wake up too. The, the people, how pastor always says, uh, uh, they've been in the way. <laughs> Hopefully we're not those that are in the way. <laughs> we still have that fire up inside of us and it just needs to be shaken up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> so I think this is what's been happening with that. And uh, it's been stirring up. Our spirits for the people who have already saved, and people think of uh, revival, but it's like um, it's just not for the young. Even though the young are to carry on what we've already started. See, we've had Azusa Street, you know, which started and everything, and people are getting saved and all that. And you know what? And it's just that people aren't going out and telling people to get saved. It's just like the Spirit of God is moving and drawing people in. So it's like, so I'm excited. Uh, and with all that going on, how many of us are, are asking them, ourselves, how can I get involved? What can I do? What is the church doing? Um, but people that are not saved are in the church really, oh, we're saying that. People that are not saved are not going to church. They really need to get involved with this thing, you know, going on, revival. That's what it's for. But really, um, revival is not for the people to get saved. <laughs> I'm a, we always say that it's advertised that way. We're having a revival. Bring your lost in. But really, it's to shake us up. It's to shake us up, our spirit up, so that we are rekindling that fire. How many of you remember how you felt when you first got saved? I mean, I do, and it's like, man, I wanted to keep that. Nobody could tell me anything or Scott. When we got saved, we talked to everybody, people we didn't even know that looked like they were hurt. Lay hands on them, they get saved. You know, I remember going into work. I worked for the city of Seattle and going into work, and this guy was like, oh, I hurt my wrist. And I didn't even think about it. I said, oh, well, let me pray for you. But, you know, where is that zeal that we had? And that's the fire of God that was in us. We didn't care what people thought. <laughs> we didn't care what they thought. We didn't care what they looked like. We were just so excited to tell people that I got, that I got saved and you need to get saved and, and just saying what happened to me. And that's what revival is all about, rekindling that spirit and us just telling people what happened to us. You know, and you think about all the evangelism and, uh, and everything, and it's like, yeah, we should tell people about God. But what did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, go out there and tell them what you saw and tell them what happened to you. He didn't say go out there and make sure you talk to people and say, you need to get saved. 
<laughs> because when we start telling them about our testimony and what God has done, because he's done some miraculous things in each one of our lives, he's changed something in us. That's what people need to hear. How can I change? What can God do for me? No matter what position they're in, no matter how low they've gone, you know what? God's always there to pull them, pull us back up. And it's like, man, uh, we need to wake up and get involved with his father. That's what Jesus wanted it to be. He, he had a revival. That's what it was. <laughs> he had a revival. Uh, some of us uh, have become too comfortable and cool you know, with what God has been doing in our lives. Yeah, we're doing good now. Everything's going smooth. But you know what? The devil comes to everybody. (laughs) He shakes us all up. So we have to remember what our father says. So when that time comes, we're not falling down on our knees and crying, oh God, help me. No, we don't need to cry out for help. We need to say, devil, I see you, I see what you're doing, and it's not allowed here. And we need to take dominion over that over that, and tell the devil where he needs to go. Amen. Uh, it's time for us to, real, to wake up to the realization that it's, a, it's not about the church doing something. It's about us. We're the church. Sometimes we forget that. We have to go into the building, and God's going to move and, and, and all that. But no, we don't need this church building God's living right here in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit. And all we have to do is speak out his word, just speak out what's happened to us and just, you know, and just live life according to what his word says. But, you know, be an example. That's what draws people in. That's what ignites our fire again, knowing no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm going through, God lives with me. He's with me. His presence is on me every single second of the day, even though I don't feel excited. <laughs> His presence is still there with us, and we can conquer anything that comes up against us. And sometimes we have to um, remember that, that, you know what? No matter what the enemy is trying to put on us or do to us or try to get us to sidestep what God is telling us to do. You know what? God is always there to get us right back over where we need to be and say, you know, and just say, God, I am so sorry. I repent of all the stuff that I know that I've been doing that is not right. I repent of stuff that I don't even know that I did. (laughs) And we all need to do that one. I don't even know what I did that didn't line up with your word, but I repent of it. (laughs) I repent Help me turn back to the way that I need to be and to follow in your word. And, I mean, it just gets me so excited to uh, even think about that, that, you know what, no matter where I go, God is with me. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to think things are going wrong. I know people always put in prayer requests. I'm going to court. Yeah, I'm going to court. But you know what? Hey, God is going to be with me and it's going to turn around in my favor. Or, you know, yeah, I'm going to the doctor and I got an MRI coming up and all that. You know, but it's okay because I know God's got me. And no matter what the diagnosis is, I know he's going to turn that thing around and I'm going to be healed or it's not going to be serious. I'm going to walk through there like it's no big deal. You know, and sometimes we forget that. We think, oh, man, the devil's tearing me up. No. And it might feel like that sometimes, (laughs) but we don't have to lay in that. 
We don't have to stay there. We don't have to have that mentality like the devil is coming against us so hard. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just stuff we've done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you think of that, we always want to blame the devil. <laughs> but, and that's just human nature. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. <laughs> but sometimes it is our fault and we did do it. And so the devil loves it when we give him all that credit. <laughs> he loves it because then we're thinking about him. But we don't need to think about him. And, and that's when he can get in there and go, yeah, you did it again. I knew it. <laughs> I know your soft spot. And he does. He knows our soft spots. He knows everything about us. That's why he can tempt us. That's why he can get us to do different things that we don't necessarily want to do. It's like, I've been a Christian for so long. How did I even do that? <laughs> because he's slick. <laughs> he is slick. And, you know, and sometimes we forget and listen to that voice that say, you know, just go ahead. It's okay. But that doesn't mean you can't have a life. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, go out sometimes and have fun. You just can't have fun the old way you used to have fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so God just wants us to um, be open to hear his voice, to re- have that fire, just know that fire's there, a little flicker, just get it started again, rekindle it. And you know what? When we're doing that and doing what we should be doing in the house, then he's going to bring those people in. And they're going to want what we have so we don't have to say, man, I mean, he's going to draw them to our, to our building. Why? Because we're prepared. We're ready to have people come. We're ready for people to see, man, look at them worshiping the Lord. Man, what is that that will make them do that? Raise their hands, smiles on their faces, eyes closed. And look at that person kneeling down, you know, what is that? Whatever that is, that's what I want. I remember when Scott and I first got saved, and actually our born-again birthday was March 11th. And uh, when we walked into that church first, it was, it was like, I don't even know why we're here. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I grew up Catholic, so I'm like, why are we here in this place? I made him go to a Catholic church you know, at one point. Okay, you want to go to church? Okay, well, let's go to this Catholic church. He fell asleep. How embarrassing. <laughs> I said, okay, let's get up and go. <laughs> but we went to this uh, church, uh, Casey Treach Church in Seattle. And um, we walked in, didn't know what we were doing. I had a bodysuit buttoned all the way down here. You know, well, we're not saved. Hey, I'm going the way that I am. <laughs> and uh, so we're walking in, people are greeting us. And then we're like, okay. And I'm thinking, what are we doing here? But he had been watching him on TV. First, he started watching the 700 Club. And then he was watching, uh, then he caught a hold of Casey. And I was listening to it one time. And I was like, man, I can really get to how he's talking about God and, and the Bible and everything. So he said, well, let's go to church. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I think he had a healing service or something. And so we decided to go. And um, I thought it was weird. <laughs> but Scott was, he was loving it. And so then we said, okay, well, let's go back uh, Sunday. So we went in. And I'm walking in, and here's these people in the aisles, you know, in their seats praying in tongues. I'm like, what the heck is that? 
I said, no, these people are crazy. That's weird. And, and so the usher brought us in, to sit in that aisle. And I'm like, oh, heck no. I'm not sitting here. <laughs> these people are loony. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, nope. So we went back to the back. And um, nobody sat in those seats. So then another usher comes up. Because they said, oh, can everybody move forward or whatever? And so Usher again brought us up, sat us in the second row in those same seats. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And uh, so then I, I was asking the Usher, what, what are they doing? He said, oh, they're play, praying in tongues. I'm like, what is that? He said, you'll find out. He said, but they're, they're not crazy or nothing it's okay you know I'm like okay so we sat down (laughs) so we sat down and I tell you when after the teaching which was so plain to me when he was saying it uh and you know told everybody bow your heads and all that close your eyes raise your hand both Scott and I both lifted our hands to get saved I didn't know he did he didn't know I did and uh when they had us come down um we both got up and we're like I'm like, hey. <laughs> so we both got saved at the same time. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was lagging. <laughs> I could hear him across the building. They took the men over here, the women over here, and I could hear him. He's like the, this booming voice. It goes through walls and everything. But I could hear him like, man, I'm thinking because I'm a thinker. So I'm like, man, he's got the Holy Spirit, and I'm here listening to these people telling me, what I need to be saying, and that's like, you don't know what I'm saying. I could be speaking French. And (laughs) this lady said, stop thinking and just let the Spirit of God, you know, so I'm like trying to do that and uh, couldn't get it. So the one lady said, just say Abba. I said, okay, Abba. She said, you got it. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, I don't think so. She said, just keep repeating it. Just keep repeating it. And so I did that all the way home. We had to drive, uh, I don't even know, 40 minutes to get home. So I did it there. And I also went into the bathroom because Scott was just, you know, saying, praying in tongues. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe he's just, he's so happy doing that. And, and all I got is Abba. So I, Abba, 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 Abba. <laughs> but it was like, okay. They said I got it. So I go into the bathroom. I said, okay, God. They said, I have it, and I'm not leaving this bathroom until I get it. <laughs> so I'm in the mirror, and I'm looking at myself going, Abba, Abba. They said I had it. Abba. <laughs> 30 minutes later, it finally kicked in and just took off. And I'm like, ah, I got it. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes, and that's what people, when they come in and hear what we have, they do want it. And they just don't know how to get it. And so sometimes it's just standing next to somebody who's praying that way. And you can hear them praying. And then your spirit connects with their spirit. And all of a sudden, you know, you just have it. But I was wearing those ladies out. <laughs> they said, you got it. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just amazing how um, igniting that fire is so easy for us to do. If we would just say, God... I am going to give everything I have to you. Lydia said, I got it. (laughs) So I'm going to know that I have that fire burning up inside of me, and I'm going to do whatever I can do to rekindle that thing, to make it a a roaring torch, you know, so we can just go, God, 
I love my Christian life. And, you know, and we need that fire of God because it helps us go through it so much easier than if we don't have it. Amen. So the fire represents the presence of God. It's a unique and divine fire not found anywhere else, anywhere else but in God's presence. And it's also given to us by God when we ask him to enter into our hearts. And not only that, he gave it to us when we were born. That fire came with us automatically when we were born, and we didn't even know it. And you, that's why sometimes you look at kids, and they're just so happy, and they just don't have a care in the world. And, <laughs> you know, and everything's exciting and new. Well, you know what? We need to still be like that. I, the Word tells us to be like little children and come to God. And sometimes we forget we let the issues and cares of our lives and of the world bog us down so much that that flame goes down to a little flicker. <laughs> and so we need to make sure that we're going to, you know, get that back out again. He breathed the breath of his life, that fire into us when he created us. Amen. Fire is a force. When you think about fire, it's a force. Nothing can contain it. When we manage the power, it gives us as many, it, it gives us many uses. It's electricity, it's heat, it's excitement. It's, uh, you know, it's a, I don't care. I got the spirit of God inside of me. It's like, I can do anything that God tells me I can do. I, and if, even if he doesn't tell me, I know I can do it. <laughs> you get sold out for what you're doing. If we don't manage, manage it, it leads to destruction. It leads to destruction and lack. This fire can't be extinguished by water. It's not a natural fire that we can put it out and quench it by natural means. So no matter what the enemy's trying to put on you, no matter what somebody brings to you in your life or anything, it's not going to quench that fire. It's not going to put it out. It might, you know, take it down a little bit, but we don't, it, it can't extinguish it. Amen? So fire purifies that which is not worthy and destroys imperfections. Fire burns away chaff and leaves gold. You know what? And in God's eyes, we are gold. We are gold. There's nothing he won't do for us. And we can tell that because he gave us Jesus. Amen. God's fire challenges, challenges us. It compels us. It produces mighty men and women of God. That's what the fire does. And uh, God's fire separates those who play church from those who are the church. <laughs> and it's like, thank God we are the church. Because there's a whole lot of people out there now. We see them on TV saying they're Christians. Not to say that they're not, but where's the fire? Where's the truth coming out? Where, how are they living their lives? And we hear people all the time, even some pastors that are in the pulpit, you know, praise God, they're there. But are they called to be there? Are they doing and teaching what God wants them to teach, which is his word? And there was a, um, I think, a, uh, I don't know, an interview or a tally saying how many uh, pastors still believe the word of God. It was only like 3% of pastors still believe every word in the Bible and are teaching that. I mean, that's sad. <laughs> that is sad. So we need to pray for those pastors who are in there. And some pastors to them, it's just a job, you know, and if it's just a job to those pastors, they're not called. <laughs> they're not called. And it's like, man, we got to look for those that are sold out. When we got saved, we were sold out. 
We were sold out. I'm changing my life. I'm not going to talk to the friends that I used to talk to. Or if I did, I'd go back and start talking about Jesus and they would leave anyway. <laughs> so you don't have to change. You don't have to chase them away because your life has changed. And then if they don't want to hear what you what happened to you, then they're going to they're going to leave. Well, man, I, I really like Lydia, but man, she's always talking about Jesus and God. I just can't take it. <laughs> so then they'll go away, but you still pray for them and still hit them up every now and then. Hey, what you doing? Let's hang out. <laughs> See what they say. The fire God uh, gives us is eternal and it can't be quenched by any means that the world has. Even if God, you feel like you're on your last leg, that fire is still going. That fire keeps you from failing. That fire keeps you from getting beat down. We are the ones that keep that fire burning through prayer and being a part of the working body of Christ. We have to be part of the working body to keep that fire going. Amen. Exodus 3, 2. Exodus 3, 2. God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, but the bush was not consumed by the fire. In chapter 13, 21, it says, The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel day and night. That pillar of fire gives us light. It gives us light in how we should be living our lives. He's guiding us all the time with that fire burning inside of us. Amen. A group of followers of Jesus were in the upper room during Pentecost, which is coming. And according to Acts 2.4, they experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues or their heavenly language. Some people like heavenly language more than tongues. It seems more subtle. <laughs> and everyone could tell that they were experiencing the Holy Spirit because they were all, uh, their tongues were, had, had resembled fire. The, their tongues were speaking God's language, and a fire appeared on top of them, you know, and everybody was like, everybody could see it. Isn't that awesome? Don't you want that to happen in the church? I'm like, God, your word says whatever you did back then, you can do now. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait till we're all in one accord and in unity, praying in our heavenly language, worshiping God and the fire of God shows up. Amen. If God can do that, he sure can do it now in our church and in our lives. God is a consuming fire. It's strong, mighty, potent in magnitude and in action. A fire force. And you know what? In this world, we're a force. You know, we have to remember that it's more of us than it is of the enemies, of the enemy's clan. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that. Oh, they're doing that. Oh, they're doing this. This is happening. Look at the world and what's happening. But, you know, it's more of us if we would just rekindle that fire. And, be, and Pastor talked about boldness. Rekindle that fire. That fire will make us bold. We need to speak out more about what's happening, more of what we're against because it doesn't line up with God's word. Amen. Psalms 97.3 says, his fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries around about. That fire in us can go out. He goes with us. His presence is with us. That's what the fire is. And when we go, it says, 
He burns up all the adversaries. So whatever it is in our lives, whatever is going on, that fire in us can burn it all up. <laughs> it can burn it all up. That fire is a consuming fire, and everything that isn't of God is destroyed. Anything the enemy tries to put on us or, or hinder us in any way, we have the power to consume and destroy it. That fire can and will change the atmosphere and issues we face. That's like I love it when we're praying and when we're doing uh, praise and worship. Um, the atmosphere changes in the sanctuary. Because we all know the enemy comes to church. We're not the only ones here. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that. <laughs> any interruption or any kind of thing like that. Sometimes, you know, people say, oh, you know, they're demon possessed. The demons don't have charge in our, in our, in our church. The, the demons only do what we tell it to do. They might try to do something. The devil might try to use somebody to do something. But you know what? We can just start praying, lay hands on them. And you know what? They have to quiet down. <laughs> they have to quiet down and be quiet because we're here to hear the word of God. Amen. Those scriptures tell us when God's fire fell, it consumed everything. Nothing could stand. That, that's in us. Every problem, every situation, every sickness, every disease, the devil can't stand against us. That's why when pastor prays, everybody's mindset should be, God, we know you're healing them. God, I want to see a miraculous miracle happening right now as we're praying for them. That's why pastor tells us, stretch your hands out toward them. He wants you praying to bring that fire down to change that person's life. The atmosphere in their lives, whatever's going on, it can change. And that's why my prayer team, when we're up there, it's like, man, don't even go up there if you don't have the mindset something's going to happen. Somebody's life is going to change. The atmosphere in here is going to change. That person's going to see a difference in their lives, their situation. Amen? So I'm like, if you don't have that, stay in your seat. <laughs> because that's what we need. We, we're the ones that stir that up. That fire, when it comes, it consumes everything. Whatever those people are coming up for, that fire in us will consume it and destroy it. Amen? Everything is extinguished by the intense heat and the power that it gives off. That power lives and abides in every single one of us, and we need to make sure we remind ourselves of that whenever things happen and come up. So we need to help one another stir that fire up to defeat the enemy that rears his ugly head because he's going he's gonna to try. He's going to try. He tried it on Pastor Tiz and Pastor Huck. Pastor Huck always talks about Pastor Tiz, and I reminded him, man, you need to say what happened to you. We were in Israel. He tweaked his knee, and, and I have no clue why the hotels in Israel don't have an ice, you know, ice pack. They didn't even know what I was talking about. They came with a baggie full of ice. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, guys don't have an ice pack, you know, the ones you hit, and it gets cold. <laughs> but it was like, okay, so he did that. And then, so we had, okay, raise your leg up. Because we had to, our tour, so he had to keep walking. And you know, we found a little brace for him, and he kept walking and said, hallelujah. Because <laughs> at first he couldn't move, and his legs swelled up, but it came down. We all were praying, put that ice pack on, elevated it. Okay, pastor, you need to stay seated. <laughs> you know, you got to keep reminding him to stay seated. 
<laughs> and it was, it was like God just changed that thing around the next day. He was up walking like nothing ever happened. Amen. But it's time for us to do that. It's time to rekindle and evoke that fire. The Lord's fire against your pro- It comes to help when things come against you for your progress. We all want to keep continuing to move forward, have progress in our lives, have progress in our Christian life against procrastination, against delay in our lives. When we're trying to strive for something, we need to come against delay. You know what? God says we can have it now. When we pray and believe, we shall have what we pray for. That doesn't mean in the by and by all the time. Sometimes the things that we pray for, yeah, God has to help us go through some things to get our mind right and our attitude right to have that thing happen. But you know what? The Bible says when he did it, when Jesus did it, it happened right then. And you know what? And my Bible says whatever Jesus did, we can do. And we can do more than what he did. And why can't we do that? Because of that fire that's inside of us. Acts 2, 3 says Jesus promised to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's what happens when we get saved, when we invite him into our lives, when we uh, do the things he tells us. We are baptized with that Holy Spirit and that God-consuming fire. It's time for us to renew and rejuvenate the fire of God in our spirit, man. We can release that fire over every area of our lives and the enemy will always have to be, have to flee. And he's always, always, always defeated. When we pray and release the fire of the Lord that's inside of us, we gain speed. We gain momentum and acceleration in the things of God. Amen. And, you know, and that's what we want. We want speed. We want to be able to go as far as we need to go. We need to have the momentum to keep going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> and we need to things in our lives to accelerate. You know, if we needed a house, we wanted that thing accelerated so we can have it, get everything together, and move on to something else that God wants us to do. And, that, and we need, even in our jobs, accelerate, God, accelerate us through this job, accelerate, give us more than what we need, give us more than what we're asking for. And that fire helps us keep that momentum so we don't get blindsided by something, but we have the blinders on, so oh, we only keep our face facing toward Almighty God, so anything around us will get our mind of what we're doing and what we're believing God for, but it keeps us on the straight and narrow. Amen. Uh, we will move to another level of relationship and anointing when we rekindle that fire. What exactly is the fire of God? The power of God's fire is a burning passion that exists in the hearts of those who are committed to serving him. That fire of God is an appetite for righteousness. The fire of God produces love and reverence for him. The fire of God is found in the intensity of worship when God's children yearn to be consumed with a divine adoration for him. And you know what? And that's what worship does. It, we just, I, I like it. I just like to feel consumed by the worship so that I know that, God, I know you're doing something good. I, I can feel your spirit inside of me. I can feel your presence around me, and I'm just worshiping him. And, and I, I like to close my eyes and not read the words, but I like to close my eyes and just, you know, be consumed by that. And that's how he wants us to be. Um, the fire of God creates a craving hunger for him. 
himself building that closer relationship. The fire of God sustains our soul when trials and tests come. We won't falter at all. The fire of God enables us to live a holy life. God's fire is a defining characteristic of the passionate follower of Christ. A defining characteristic of us, the passionate believer. Amen. So I put down here four keys to keeping God's fire burning. Number one is prayer. That is the most important thing, the most important weapon in our arsenal for everything. (laughs) Prayer is the oxygen that keeps that fire burning. Prayer sustains that fire in us. When we pray, we we give it fuel. When we pray, that fire just ignites. We had prayer here yesterday. It was awesome. More different people were there. Praise God. I'm believing, you know, that that whole lobby is filled with people in there praying when we have corporate prayer. Because we're a church of prayer. Pastor says he stands up all the time. We are a church of prayer. Where is the prayer, people? (laughs) If you can be there, you should be. And if you can't be there, then you need to be praying when we're praying. Because even if your body's not there, your spirit, man, still connects. Amen. Prayer always precedes the fire. That's why I like it when we have people before pastor gets up there in the sanctuary. They go in there and they pray. Walking through the sanctuary, they're praying. See? (laughs) They're praying, setting the stage for whatever he's going to be teaching. Prayer ignites that fire. Acts 1.14 says, All of these with their hearts and minds in full agreement devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer. Jesus told us, pray. The Bible tells us, pray unceasing. Prayer sparks divine intervention in human affairs. When we are not praying, God can't move. And we need to remember that. When we want need God to move, we need to be praying. It's the link which allows us to communicate with God and cause him to move. God, move on my behalf. I'm standing here humbly before you in the throne room. (laughs) Because when we start praying and when we're bold, we go boldly into the throne room in front of our Father. And Jesus is there praying for us on the side, interceding. So, I mean, how how much better can it get? When I start praying, Jesus starts interceding, even though he's interceding all the time for us. But when we're praying, he's interceding all the more so that God hears us and receives what we're saying and moves on our behalf. Just like we have to breathe air to survive, our spirit man must have prayer to survive. Jesus instructed his disciples to always pray and not give up. And I love this in the Amplified. Luke 18, 1 says, Also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, not to faint, not to lose heart, and not to give up. When I saw that, I was like, I don't think I ever remember seeing that him saying coward. Because <laughs> in the other Bibles, the translation says not to faint. They're just putting it nicely, but I like, yeah, don't be a coward. Get down there and pray. I'm asking you to pray. <laughs> don't turn coward and give up and lose, lose heart. Without prayer, we can never stay on fire for God. And how true that is, because there's so much going on. 
how can you stay on fire for God if all you hear is what the media is telling you? If all you hear, all you do is look at the circumstances around you, what's going on, people harassing you at work, people harassing you walking down the street. <laughs> how can you stay on fire? You got to pray. You have to pray. Um, it's important for every stage of our spiritual fire in our lives. Every stage at every level we want to go to, we need to be praying so that fire gets bigger and bigger and bigger until we can hear God's voice. We can hear God's voice and know full well that he's with us. We can feel it. Prayer is our key to keeping the fire of God burning. Reading God, Number two, reading God's word. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word, reading his word, shows us where we should be going. And it lightens up that path so we can see it. Amen. And, and that word, and also it's referring to a blazing fiery torch. And the lamp was a clay dish filled with oil. So he's telling us, you know, your fire is a blazing fiery torch that helps us stay on the straight and narrow God's word is the fire that leads and guides us on the path of righteousness, a path, path of righteousness that he already has planned for us. He plans for us to live a righteous life. So that fire helps us do that. Hallelujah. I love Jeremiah 20, even though it's only to talk about the fire, but that's what he's talking about. It says, I will not make mention of the Lord or speak any more in his name in my heart. It is as if there's a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary of enduring and holding it in. He's trying to hold it in, but we don't want to hold it in. It says, I cannot contain it any longer. And isn't that how we were when we first got saved? We were so excited. We couldn't keep it to ourselves like Jesus when he healed the leper. Now, don't tell anybody. He just took off running and just told everybody what happened to him. You know what? And that's how we should be, you know, in our lives when Jesus does, when God and Jesus does something for us. It's like, you know what? You wouldn't believe what God did for me today. <laughs> and it's like, man, oh, man, how can we contain that fire? We don't want to contain that fire. We want it to blaze and get as tall as it can, as big as it can. So when we are talking to people, they can see what's inside of us. And whatever it is that's inside of us burning like that and getting us excited, that's what they want. And that's what brings them in. Romans uh, ten seventeen says, So faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. His word alone stirred up the fire in the people that he talked to, stirred up their spirits. They're talking about the fire of God. And that's what Jesus was telling everybody about. You don't know what my father has for you. He's got that fire. Number three, praising and worshiping God. God keeps our fire bright. Paul and Silas, what happened to them? You all know that story. Paul and Silas, they were put in prison. What did they do? They didn't go, oh, me, I'm in prison. I'm going to have to stay here. They started praising God. And what happened? God moved. He moved and got them out miraculously. Praise and worship prepares our hearts for the fire. It also rekindles our fire for God that started to cool because of circumstances in life. But it rekindles that fire I'm going to skip some because 
I'm already late. Being <laughs> number four, being uh, with like-minded people. The people we associate with will determine the level of our passion for God. Lukewarm Christians are not overcomers. And my Bible here says we're overcomers. I'm like, okay. When we go down that list of I am, I think it's in the back there, the I am list. I love it. That's why I always try to keep it around. It tells you who you are in Christ. And when that fire is rekindled, we're every single one of these things. We're reminded of who we are. We're overcomers. Amen. God's fire is contagious. How many times do you go around people that's so excited for God? You can't help but be excited. It's contagious. People catch it just by being near. You don't even have to say anything. Some people just get excited just looking at you. <laughs> but we have to make a choice who we want to hang around with and who, wants, who we want to follow. Philippians 3.17 says, Paul commanded the believers in Philippi to join others in following his example. And his example was the example that Christ gave him. Amen. When on fire Christians join together, we produce a synergy that increases the temperature and height of worship in the entire gathering or, or the group. When we're out there in the sanctuary praising God, it intensifies everything in there. And so when people come in, that have an issue going on, sometimes that just consumes them to where they forget everything that was going on before they came, and then they can enter into uh, to God. So we need to stay um, near, be involved with those who have energy, fervency, intensity, and enthusiasm for God. <clears throat> that intensity and energy will catch hold to your spirit, man, as well. So we need to always be around people like that. So praying, reading God's word, <clears throat> praising God and being involved. It's trying to keep me quiet with, <laughs> with fired up Christians, uh, being fired up and with fired up Christians, like-minded believers are all essential ingredients for keeping the fire of God churning and burning in our lives. Hebrews 10.32 says, but be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were first spiritually enlightened or received salvation, you endured to great and painful struggle. It's a struggle to stay a Christian. <clears throat> I don't know why that is when we just gave our lives to, to Christ. <laughs> but sometimes being a Christian is a struggle because you have to do a 180 or a 360 you have to change everything in your lives. Your lives are, our lives are not our own. We have to change how we were thinking, what we were doing. We have to change that. <laughs> we have to be a whole totally different people because everything we were doing before didn't line up with what God's word says. So it's a struggle and it's painful sometimes for us because like, God, I can't do it. <laughs> But we have to make ourselves do it. And that's why it says a painful struggle because you have to change the old man into the new man. Amen. We all know being a Christian is not easy. But we know that God is forever strengthening us spiritually and physically to endure all things and overcome every single obstacle that the enemy puts before us, that life puts before us. And you know, the good thing is, when we revive that fire of God inside of us, there is nothing that we cannot do. Amen.